Hello, and welcome to this first episode of Studying Abroad in the Global South, a little thing put together by some people who work and study abroad to meld their rage with an interest in podcasting. My name is Elena D. Corbett, and I am the Director of Education Abroad at Amidist, a large organization that has specialized in a wide variety of education, exchange, and training programs in the Middle East and North Africa, what we'll be referring to broadly and imperfectly as the MENA regions, for nearly 70 years. Most of the organization's programming is for people in the countries where we work. In one tiny department of 4.3 people based in Washington, D.C., however, we administer programs in the other direction, every year sending several hundred students, from high school students to graduate students, to MENA for educational opportunities abroad. Simply put, we work and study abroad, mostly, but not solely, with American students, to, also broadly and imperfectly put, the Arab world. That place where some proverbial hetero cis male figure in your life will, over holiday dinner, go on an extended and really inappropriate monologue posing as knowledge about why it's so dangerous to go there, while your proverbial self-assessed progressive relatives will feign horror when all the while they're really just thinking the same thing, perhaps with other vocabulary. One could unfortunately say the same about far too many people who themselves work and study abroad, whether at an educational institution or a program provider, including some that might have programs in places like ours. Don't get me started on faculty. If you're hanging in with me so far, but are simultaneously thinking about how special you are because you didn't choose to study abroad in Western Europe, or you've had delusions of grandeur about saving refugees or other brown people, or are generally bursting with expertise on account of your IR degree, your semesters in Global South countries X, Y, and Z, and your second year language skills, you're hopefully young enough to have sincerity but lack wisdom and humility. And if that's the case, it's not too late for you. Did I mention rage? While we at Amid East Education Abroad send several hundred students overseas, and some of the best colleagues 4.3 people ever had make literally everything happen for those students in country, our colleagues in other departments and around the MENA regions help bring far more students to the U.S. and make programs work for hundreds of thousands more people on the ground, including in Gaza and Yemen. Speaking personally, and having been given a free pass for the moment to speak on behalf of 3.3 other people, we're awestruck by that and are proud to be part of an organization that is truly of its local contexts and more focused on exchange to the U.S. than it is from the U.S. to MENA. So that helps make us unique among what the study abroad industry, and trust us, it's an industry, refers to as third-party providers of education abroad programs. In addition to being small, we're on the extreme side of being regionally specialized, and while we'd always love to send more students abroad, that's only a very small part of what's a much larger organizational vision for opportunity and exchange. That's an awesome responsibility and the philosophical basis of our approach to sending students abroad. So, rage. All of us on the stateside team, and many of us in the field, have advanced academic specialization in the interdisciplinary world imperfectly known as Middle East studies like advanced degrees and teaching, 
and grants and publications and languages and years and years of studying and research and living in the places and among the issues that captured our interests and made us want to know and share more. And so like anyone who's taken this path, the questions with which we wrestle and our educational philosophies are informed very personally and vis-a-vis -vis the humility embedded in our positionality by things such as the Iraq War, that thing that was called the War on Terror, the uprisings popularly known here as the Arab Spring, Syria, Yemen, Palestine. Some of us are more recently on this path. Those of us who can mark this path in decades have encountered many kinds of students and many kinds of colleagues and been forced into stark choices for ourselves regarding academia proper. Some of us have been engaged professionally in study abroad in various capacities for quite some time, and some of us are newer to it. We're all involved because, while the collective we, which includes all of you out there who may be listening, should look askance at the hubris embedded in the industry's marketization of study abroad as life-changing, quote-unquote life-changing, the opportunities we on this team have been given have become inseparable parts of who we are, both personally and professionally. And we think those are good parts. We like those parts of ourselves. They're also very well-informed and deliberately ragey, and we share a real passion for being involved in opportunities for others. So we've talked about studying abroad and tangentially, somewhat, about rage. Let's talk about why we're using Global South in our title. Well, it's for a few reasons. One, we like it because it's complicated. We like it because there's a lot of debate about what constitutes it. It deliberately fails to acknowledge that East-West bullshit to which the MENA region in particular is so often subjected for discussing literally everything. And using it signals a lot about what we want as, as a foundation for discussions this podcast will undertake. If you're not familiar with this term, don't worry, you're probably familiar with the term developing world, which its users allege to be a kinder, gentler way to say third world, but obviously does nothing to alter the problematics of hegemony embedded in wealth and power, classifying the world into such taxonomies. Global South is a way of acknowledging that many countries and regions of the world have shared historical experiences of colonialism and its more recent expressions, uh, that these experiences are directly tied to social and economic milieu shared among Global South countries in the present, uh, and that exchange and cooperation can and should circulate among the Global South. Why do we think it's relevant to a podcast about study abroad? Well, obviously, we operate and are specialized in one part of the Global South. Opposite the Global South is, of course, the Global North, or often just the North. When you're a third-party study abroad provider working where we do, the U.S. study abroad industry, by God, is your Global North. It's very white and hierarchical. It's obsessed with security. It considers itself very progressive and well-intentioned. It recapitulates tropes about access and diversity. It enables its own versions of corporate behemoths that are almost impossible for the smaller enterprises to compete with. 
It taxonomizes countries and regions not only by quote-unquote threat levels, but by what it considers legitimate academic and cultural focus for those countries. It enables very one-sided expectations of relationships between clients, i.e. schools, students, parents, and providers, i.e. folks like us. It's very proud of the semester it spent in Spain once, and it cannot for the life of it comprehend what actually goes on in implementing these programs on the ground. And it might not want to listen. In a previous life, I ran the Amen field office for one of our competitors, where beyond the big stuff, it was a struggle to make people be mindful of simple things. For instance, that our weekends were Friday and Saturday instead of Saturday and Sunday. That Jordan and Israel having a peace treaty didn't actually make everything okay. And that even if they were great times for customized programs in the U.S. university calendar, Ramadan and Eid were really bloody lousy times to have programs on site. By the end of my time there, many initiatives within the organization, which is one of the big providers, were divided into whether and how they were being implemented in their new centers, which were mostly in Europe, versus in row. Yes, row. As in your boat. Row, row, row your boat. But here an acronym literally meaning rest of world. I'm not kidding. Row. In those days, it meant not Europe. Basically, less white and non-white parts of the world, plus throw in some Eastern Europeans for good measure. That's changed a bit now, but last I heard, it's still really hard to get out of row. Most people probably never will. Those of us representing Roe used to have a hell of a good time when we got together. We could talk about all of these things and know that we all got it. Several of us proposed a panel once, an excellent proposal, for one of the prestigious U.S. study abroad conferences on the ethical issues we faced in running our programs during the uprisings in Arab countries in Turkey and their counter-revolutionary aftermaths. That panel was rejected. We assumed no one understood what the hell we were talking about, when to us as practitioners, it was literally all-consuming at that moment, and could not be divorced from other issues that the study abroad industry upheld as its conference themes, and which we think can only be considered intersectionally. Equity, access, diversity, technology, intercultural understanding, experiential learning, just to name a few. We hope here to provide a forum that will go there and everywhere with some seriousness, wit, sometimes silliness, and a dose of rage, and be a unique resource for students, study abroad advisors, faculty, and very importantly, one another. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Studying Abroad in the Global South. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individual speaking and do not reflect or represent the views or opinions of Amid East or any of its affiliates. Please visit our website at amideastedabroad.org 
and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time for something clever, snarky, and or hopefully useful.